so looking forward to this sermon. I know this thing has gone on a lot longer. I'm talking about the coronavirus and just some of the shelter in place and some of the stuff that's gone on a lot longer than what we all thought. And so in that, you just start looking at like the problems that come from it and, and just the life change that comes from it. Um, and people even say things like this, like God's not surprised by this. He saw that and you're like, yeah, okay, I, I get that. But, but how does that help me? So I want to actually take a look at today uh, about this idea that even in our problems, uh, God has a purpose. God, God has something for us to profit from. There's, there's, there's like meat on the bones, if you will, even in our problems, even in our struggles. And so it's gone on a lot longer than we thought, and it's probably caused our lives to be all a lot different than what they normally would be. But that doesn't make it a total loss. It doesn't make it a complete failure of time, a complete failure of our destinies and our purposes. God is the redeemer. We love that in church. Oh, he's our redeemer. But God can redeem these times. He can do something through this. So we're going to take a look at it. The title of my sermon, I actually have a couple of them. Um, our tech guy, Doug and I, we kind of went back and forth on titles this week. Um, so I'm just going to give you both of them. And I would say it like this. Your problem has a purpose. Like your problem, my problem, this problem, it has a purpose in our life. You can say it like this. There is a purpose in every problem. Even when this is all over and the next trial that you face in your life, whenever they come into our life, we can take a, a moment and go, hold on. God saw this. God knows about this. God created me before time, knew I would be walking through this. And so even in this problem, there's a purpose. There's potential that I can harvest from this problem. And I think it all comes down to mindset. I think it all comes down to us understanding that God is in control and God can redeem the time and God can restore back whatever is lost. And so we just got to know, okay, even in this, it's not time for me to just run out the clock and, and just waste my days. No, there's something in here that God can grow me in. James chapter 1, verse 2 says this. Um, the headline of my Bible, I don't know what yours says, but the headline of this verse in my Bible says this. It says, profiting from trials. And so the, 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 the thing to know from this is it's possible for you and me to actually profit from our trials. The things that we're walking through, the things that we're facing, the scripture in James here is trying to teach us that. Guess what? You can profit from these trials. Anytime there's an attack or a setback, it's not like, oh, we're at a loss. No, even in these trials, you can come out profiting from them. And so James says this uh, in, verse, in uh, chapter 1, verse 2. says, my brother, and count it all joy. It's all joy, all of it. Count all joy whenever you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. A lot of us know this scripture. We've heard it a whole bunch of times, but I want to put it in the context of your problem has a purpose. And so next verse, it says this, but let patience have its perfect work. Some of us are in that right now, like, oh, trust me, my patience is definitely being tested that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Scripture saying, listen, this whole trial, this whole season, this whole problem that we're walking through, it has a purpose. And the purpose is to bring you into a complete place, perfect, lacking nothing. And so many of us go, oh, what a wasted season. All this stuff is going on and I can't work or, or you have limited work or your work may be a hassle because of all these rules and I just wish it would go back to the way it was. No, no, no. In this problem, there's a purpose that's going to bring you to a place of lacking nothing and perfection in God. 
And so we got to keep that mindset every day that you're going forward, every step that you're taking, you're saying, hold on in this problem, there's a purpose and God can bring me to a place of perfection and completeness and lacking nothing in him. Uh, Bob Goff, many of you know, we, we kind of talk about him a lot. Uh, there's a couple of books he's written that we've uh, promoted, but he says this, he says, embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. So we're all walking through this like, ah, I don't know. ah, And so we're all freaked out and we don't know and we, we don't have a title for it all. We don't know what it's going to be. He says, embrace the uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until later. So what is he trying to say? He's trying to say in this, it's being formed. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't see it. I don't understand. But, but in it, the title is being formed. You're going to be able to look back and be like, oh, yeah, that made this. Uh, I would say it like this. We love comfort and control, especially as Americans. We love comfort and we love control. We love to feel so comfortable and we love to control it all at the same time. You may have heard this before, but God is not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your character. Well, what develops character, our problems, our trials, our persecutions, the things that we face, the scripture is saying the trials are the things that produce in us the character that we need for God to be able to accomplish what he wants to do in our lives. You could say it like this. God develops our purposes in our problems. Now, he doesn't send the problems. He doesn't create the problems. But in those problems, you could say that God develops our purposes. Many of us would say, oh, if I had not ever gone through that, I wouldn't be this today. Maybe it was a rejection. Maybe for you, it was a loss. Maybe for you, uh, it was a career path change that you didn't choose. But now looking back on it, you're saying, oh, in that I'm now this. And I would never give back that season. Why? Because God uses these trials to perfect us and complete us and grow our character. And so what I'm trying to say to you today and the, the way that I've been trying to lead my life and my family is that in this, we're not just throwing our hands up and saying, oh, look at this. We need to just wait for the shelter in place to be lifted. And then and then we can go back to doing something productive. No, right now, God can grow something in us. God can mature our character. God can develop us in this season to be people who are lacking nothing and we're complete so that God can do what he's called us to do. I would say it like this. You've heard it said before, uh, you were created on purpose for a purpose. And I would add to that. And our problems will never change that. So let me say it again. You were created on purpose for a purpose and your problems will never change that fact. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And it doesn't matter the problems that you face. They won't change the fact that God created you with a purpose and he created you on purpose and he wants you functioning in those things. So again, we can't just say, oh, we're going through this pandemic and we're going to throw our hands up and we're not going to do anything. No, no, no. God created you on purpose for a purpose. And we're going to allow this season to develop us and our character into what he's called us to be. Psalm 139 we're going to pick at this today. Uh, normally I would have like three or four points for you, but instead we're going to kind of break this, uh, this Psalm down. And so the David, David here is beginning to just write about how he understands that God has created him 
with so much purpose, with so much potential. And it doesn't matter what problems come at David. David is saying, look, with everything that goes on around me, I am so incredibly made with so much potential that it doesn't matter what happens around me because God is the one who's leading my life. Psalm 139 verse one says this, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. It says, uh, I'll read it to you on the screen here. It says this in verse two. It says, you know, when I sit and when I stand, you understand my thoughts afar off. It says this, you comprehend my path in my laying down. Uh, my study guide gave us some of these uh, paraphrases here to put in there. So you might not see it in your King James version, but it comes from my study guide. It says this, it says, you know, when I walk and when I fall and are acquainted with all of my ways. He's beginning to describe that God knows all, sees all, understands all. There's no problem that surprises God. There's no pandemic. There's no thing that's going to make God go, whoa, didn't see that coming. He has this understanding that God is working in all of it and, and involved in all of it. It says, uh, it says, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Let's keep reading. It says you have hedged or the study guide says you have enclosed me behind and before your hand is upon me. So just talking about how God's hand is just completely surrounding us all all about us it says this such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it, it says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? God is all working in all of this. It says this. It says, even there, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Again, talking about there's no problem that we like fall away from God or God goes, oh, I can't do anything more. No, God is working in all of it. It says this. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me. Even the night shall be light about me. So David's just saying, like, in all things, in all ways, all around me, God is working and he's in this and he knows my potential and he knows the place that I'm in and God, God is moving. I thought about it like this. We have no idea. David is just getting a sliver or a piece of it. We have no idea how much God thinks about us. Like how much his, his mind and his heart and his ways are to us and for us. We could say it like this. Do you have a clue how much we're worth to God? David's beginning to describe all the ways that God is, is for us and moving. And so you may feel isolated. You may feel abandoned. You may feel like you're just out floundering. No, you don't understand God in every single way, in all places, is for you and moving on your behalf. Could maybe say it like this. We don't have a clue how much God even does for us every single day. I thought about it with my kids um, because I have a higher perspective than my kids. Uh, and, and because I'm their parent and of course I'm older and, and I've seen more things, I have a higher perspective. David's saying the th same thing. He's saying, God, the way you think of me, it's too high for me to comprehend. Like you just have such a bigger higher. But here's what my kids do to me sometimes, and maybe they do it to you, is they'll say this to me, which drives me crazy and probably you as well. But they'll say, that's not fair. That's not fair. You're mean. Right. And they're like, you're so mean. And, I, and, and they just they just make me out to be this person who doesn't want them to have any fun and is super controlling them and never gives thought to like their life and in advancing them. And it's like, hold on, kids. 
uh, I'm not fair. Let me tell you about all the sacrifices I've done for you. Let me tell you about before you got here, I used to be able to, right? And, and they just, they don't know and they don't see all the ways that I'm moving on their behalf. They don't understand that like from where I'm at, all the things that go into a day for me to be able to make sure they can move and be, right? Same as God, same as God. God is, we're saying, God, how could you allow this to happen to us during this pandemic? And, and God is up there going like, look, you, we're saying, nah, fair, God. And God is like, hold on. You have no idea how I'm working, how I can even be using this trial to complete you and perfect you and grow you into maturity, just like I say for my kids. Well, the reason we can't do that and the reason this is a no and this is, a, is because I'm growing you, I'm perfecting you, I'm maturing you. I mean, God is doing the same thing. He, he's, he's moving on our behalf. He's, he's growing us in these ways of character so we can be all that God has called us to be. And where we do a huge disservice is when we just go, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at God and I don't get it and I don't understand. And we just let ourselves stay there. We live in our problem instead of living in the promises that God has spoke over us. We just stay stuck in our frustration instead of prophetically speaking over our lives, all the promises that God is saying about where he wants to take us and lead us and grow us into perfect, lacking nothing. And so God, from the beginning of time, has said about your life and created you in a way that you can reach all of your potential. God's saying, I'm not trying to hold you down or leave you abandoned or keep you falling behind. God is saying, like, I've created you in such a way that you're growing and moving and advancing. Think about our brains. Uh, I looked at the way just God even created our body. Your brain, uh, the average brain, weighs about three pounds. Uh, some of you, obviously less some of you even more, but your brain is roughly about three pounds. Uh, it has the ability to hold about 100 trillion bits of information. It makes 15,000 decisions a second when you eat. So you take a bite and it's not like you're telling your body to do 15,000 things. It's automatically making all of these decisions. You were created absolutely unbelievable because God has great potential and purpose for us to walk in despite the problems that we may be facing. It has the ability to remember 10,000 odors. So 10,000 odors, oh my gosh. But if I started to say the smell of grass clippings or gasoline or cologne, or you would start to have all these memories of smells because your body, you were created absolutely unbelievable. Do you know that your body contains every chemical needed to heal itself? What happens when you get a cut? Your body starts to go to work to heal itself. Well, it's just an amazing thing that God created you to be. Why? Because he so believes in us, in our potential, in our purpose. Uh, do you know that right now in the world, if there's about 6.2 billion people in the world, there's about 133,000 born a day in America, there's about 400,000 people born a day in the world, and did you know since the beginning of time, about 60 billion people have been born, but not one single person has your thumbprint has your uh, specific thumbprint, essentially your code. Nobody in the human history of 60 billion people have ever had your specific prints. Why? Because God created you one of a kind. He created you with incredible purpose and potential, and there's no problem that can steal that from you. There's no, oh, this trial. No, God's saying, I want to perfect you. I want to grow you because I created you incredibly special. And if you're just going to run out the clock and waste your time, what a huge disservice to the incredible thing or person or being that God made you to be. The odds of you being born from conception to birth. 
So conception to birth, all of the things that had to go right for you to just be here on planet Earth, the odds of everything lining up perfectly for that to happen was 130 octillion to one. That's 130 with 27 zeros behind it. Miracles had to happen in perfect order for you to be here today. You're not an accident. You may not have been planned, right? Some of us, amen, right? You might not have been planned, but you, you're not an accident. God created you on purpose, with purpose, and there's no problem that's going to steal that from you. Why? Because you have the maker of heaven and earth backing you. Are you with me? Stop being depressed. Stop being stressed. Stop being so anxious. You have heaven backing you today. Understand 130 octillion to one because God wants you here moving and being. Amen. The economy tells us that our value comes from rarity. So gold is expensive because it's rare. Diamonds are expensive because they're rare. All of these things have high value because they're rare. God created you one person, one thumbprint out of everybody. You are extremely rare. That's how insanely valuable you are to God. You're a one of a kind and he's backing you and you have great purpose and potential and there's no problem that can steal that. As a matter of fact, as we said, it's your problem that has great purpose in it because God is backing you. Uh, my sister, when I was growing up, she was in 4-H. And, uh, and so she was into horse showing and riding and whatever that stuff was. And, uh, and we took a family trip down to Kentucky to go see all the horses and the Kentucky Derby and all that kind of stuff. And down in Kentucky, those are beautiful horses. Those aren't like the fat horses that all you Michigan people have that are all just dirty out in a pasture. These are like pristine, beautiful. Uh, they're nice to look at. And, uh, and so when when we went down there, we began to learn a lot about thoroughbred horses. And we learned, first of all, again, the care that goes into these horses, most of these barns and stables were cleaner than houses. And they had like purified water and like heated stalls and all this amazing stuff. Uh, but the name we learned, thoroughbred means blood horse. And we begin to learn about these things called bloodstock agents. And one of the things that I forever will take away is just remembering uh, the, the treatment that the breeding of these racehorses got. I was into sports and so I knew about contracts and how much you would pay athletes. And I began to realize that these, these stud fees that went into these horses were like valuable, uh, more valuable than even these athlete contracts uh, at this time, especially Scottie Pippen's contract for those of you Last Dance fans. But these guys are called bloodstock agents. It's literally people who deal in thoroughbred blood, not horses. They don't exchange horses. There's no horse. They literally sell and exchange the power of the blood. And so what these people do is they don't look on the outside. They don't spend their time researching the, 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 out, the uh, cosmetics or the, the outside of the horses. They care about what's on the inside. They don't look at, is it pretty? Is it handsome? Is it funny? What color is it? They want to know what's working on the inside. They determine its wealth by what's happening on the inside. So many of us make our choices by what's happening on the outside. How's it going to make me look? What are people going to think of me? What am I going to get by this decision? They're saying, no, we care about what's it going to do on the inside. What matters about what's happening on the inside? Blood stock agents or these blood agents want to know 
What is the bloodline? Where does it come from? Who are its descendants? Present weakness in a horse is not a put off to them because they care about what's happening on the inside. They understand what's locked up in the blood is everything they need to become a winner. Think about it in your life. What's locked up in your blood? If you're in the family of God, the blood that's over your life, what's locked up in your blood is everything that you need to become a winner. It's everything that you need to be able to overcome these circumstances and overcome this situation. Are you with me? The number one sire uh, or, or horse breed breeder or, or whatever stud in America at its time was named Stormcat. Per breed, he could get up to $400,000. And it was no guarantee that the colt could stand up. They didn't care. Uh, there was no guarantee uh, that it would uh, have weak, weak knees or when it was born, it would be shaky or skittish or if it could run. There was no guarantee. They were, they were buying in at $400,000 per stud fee. Why? Because of the power of the blood. They looked on the inside and they knew of that breeding horse, the bloodline was connected to Northern Dancer, Southern Ocean, Secretariat, Native Dancer, Ballard Rose, and another horse called Something Royal, all past Derby winners. No matter how weak its present condition, it had a champion on the inside. What's more important on the inside than the outside, what I'm trying to tell you today is you have the blood that covers all sins, that washes us white as snow. We got the power of the blood. There is no defeat because of the blood that we have in God. I wonder if David was thinking this same thing uh, when he says, it's incredible to me the way that my God thinks of me. He says in verse 13, let's check it out. He says this, you have formed my inward parts. You have covered me in my mother's womb. Just like these bloodstock agents, they've researched everything about all these horses and understand all that goes into the creation of this new racehorse. David's saying the same thing. I realize all the ways that you fearfully and wonderfully put me together. He says it here. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, marvelous are your works, and my soul knows very well. Next one, he says this, your eyes saw my substance before yet unformed. It says, and in your book, they were all written the days fashioned for me when I was yet there, none of them. So saying that just all before time, all this has been created. Verse 17 says this, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of all of them. Again, all that's been put into us fearfully, wonderfully made. We have so much potential and there's no problem that's going to cause us to miss what God created us for. Verse 18 says, if I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. There's nothing moving us away from what God has created us to be because he's backing us. He's moving for us. That's why Revelation says this, that we are overcomers. We can overcome all of this by what? By the blood of the lamb. What Jesus did on the cross for you and for me has already won us through this season. He's already, it's already caused us to overcome in this season. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We have great potential and there's great purpose in every problem or trial that we face because God is moving on our behalf. We can't just sit back and let it go to waste. Do you know that I've heard it said before that the richest places in the world 
are not the oil fields. They're not the gold mines. They're not the diamond mines. It's not Wall Street. It's not any of those. The richest places in the world are the graveyards. Why? Because in the graveyards are people who never met their potential, their full potential, and they died far too young or far too uh, unreaching un what God called them to be. It's full of books never read, music never heard, paintings that have never seen a wall, poetry never heard, businesses never opened, fashion lines that never saw the red carpet. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is we cannot be people who just sit back and waste time and let all of this purpose and potential go to the graveyard. We need to be like Jesus. He didn't die old. Jesus, when he died, said, it is finished. I finished this thing. I've completed my assignment and I've met my purpose and my potential. He said he didn't die old. He died finished. I love what Paul said. Paul said, I finished my course. I've been poured out like a drink offering. I've done everything that God has called me and assigned me to do. I've poured out everything that I have into what God has called me to be. Scripture says that we have this treasure in earthen vessel. God cares about what's on the inside of us and how we can be used to advance his kingdom. It's not to run out the clock and waste time and just wait for the shelter in place to be lifted. No, God is doing something and moving in this moment. The word potential means this. It's untapped power. Some of you right now, even in this season, have untapped power. It's dormant ability, it's hidden strength, it's unused success, or it's concealed power. Some of you are saying like, oh, this problem. No, there's, there's potential in this. You have hidden strength. You have unused success. You have concealed power. In this moment, there is a purpose and there is potential, even though we're facing problems. Michelangelo is known, of course, for being a great artist, but he started about 44 projects and only 14 of them were finished. Of the other ones, you would see one was missing an arm or a leg or this thing was unshaped. It was not completed. It didn't meet its full potential. And my hope is that our Christian lives don't look like that. So many people start a walk with God or they start a, a ministry for God or they start something and they start walking with God, but then they let the cares of the world or the problems of the world or the distractions of the world take us away from completing the masterpiece that God called us to. They get frustrated or offended or they just grow weary. That's why the scripture says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Why? Because we got to be finishers. We got to be people who meet our potential because in the blood and in all of the things that God has done, he's done a lot for us to be able to met me our full potential. And so I was saying, Hey, don't, we can't be Christians who are just half finished. We gotta, we gotta run the race in a way that we're going to finish. Like the scripture calls us to first Peter one, eight, as I'm wrapping up, says this first Peter one 18, it says this, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things. Like you weren't, you weren't bought with just, you know, earthly exchanges like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions of your father. It says this, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Like you got to think of it of all of the exchanges that could have ever happened in all of the world. Maybe money exchanged or properties exchanged. All of the exchanges that has happened in the world. There has been none greater than the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross to win you back to him, to redeem us back into relationship with our heavenly father. 
Don't you think that that's something worth fighting for? Don't you think that us running and, and chasing after our full potential, don't you think that's worth it? Instead of putting our feet up on the couch and just saying, well, when this is over or someday when things work out, no, God is moving and has bought us with the most precious thing ever so that we can what? Walk with him and reach all that he's called us to do because there's great purpose and potential even in our problems. God wants to do something great with us. That's why Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says this, for we are his workmanship. God put all of this together for us. You're not an accident. You're on purpose. This isn't just some, oh, I want to watch people run around down on earth for my entertainment. God's like, no, I put all this together for this great sympathy, symphony. It's been a little while since, uh, since I've been preaching, right? Or something. I don't know. Whatever Doug put in my cup here. But this symphony that God has put together, this workmanship, this, this, this masterpiece that I've built, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, for us to go and do things, meet our potential, harvest all that God has for us, for which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. I underline two things on here. God wants us walking in good works, great potential, and it says we should be walking in these not wasting our time, not running out the clock, not living in anxiety and fearfulness and all these things. No, God wants us doing good works and we should be walking in them. And so my encouragement to you is I don't know the problems. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know all those things, but there's something in that trial that God can use to perfect you and advance you and create in you what you're supposed to be, what he, what he, what he put you together to be. So don't be discouraged. In, in my closing, my encouragement to you is don't let these trials, don't let these problems get you down. And I know they will, right? We all have the moments you're walking through the house like you feel the heaviness, you feel the discouragement, but you stop and you go, wait a minute. No, no, no. God put me here with great workmanship. Like he put all this together in a great way so that I can walk in good works and I should be walking them and God is equipping me to do it. We should be excited about these moments because God promises in trials, he can still do great things. And so be encouraged today as you leave here this morning or the internet or whatever you're doing, whenever you step away, be encouraged that even in this, God is moving in great ways. And I'm excited to see what it looks like. So thank you for connecting and, and, and interacting and being a part of this. And um, got a few announcements. I'm going to pray, but I got a few announcements. Don't, don't take off. Uh, we got some cool stuff we want you to hear about. So let's pray and then we'll let you know what those look like. God, we love you so much. So grateful for your word and your promises. And Lord, all the potential that you've created in us, God, help us to walk in those. Even in these trials, Lord, we want you to form our character, not our comfort, not convenience, not the things we can control. But God, we want you to form us into who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, really cool things for you. I uh, want to let you know about one brand new thing that we're kicking off starting uh, just in this month. So kicking off here in May, um, Jess and Vanessa are going to be starting Wednesday nights with Jess and V. And so if you haven't joined the Vertical Ladies group yet, uh, go look that up on Facebook. Just look up Vertical Ladies. You'll find it there and uh, join in on that. And then Wednesday nights, uh, each week, they're going to be going through a different woman in the Bible. And so uh, you don't have to follow along as far as like a study or buy a book or anything like that. They're going to provide you uh, with all the details that you need, but you can join in with them as they go live.
Live, and um, and you can follow along, and you're going to learn about different women all throughout the Bible. So really powerful. I know they're super excited about it, and uh, want you to join in. That's something you can also invite your friends to. So maybe you got somebody in the neighborhood who would be interested in that. Invite them into that group as well, and uh, they can be a part of it. And so we look forward for you to join that. Also want to let you know hand to hand is still happening. Uh, I do want to let you know it's gotten a little more complicated as far as sending items to the building. They've actually closed City on a Hill, the building, so Amazon is having a hard time being able to deliver. And so those of you that maybe have um, sent physical boxes or sent items through Amazon, uh, if you don't mind, maybe on our website, you could go verticalstory.com, click on generosity. If you want to give just a financial donation, uh, we can go make those purchases and bring them in ourselves um, as things are changing. But thank you so much for keeping that support we have not missed any families. We've been able to continue to go forward with hand-to-hand -hand in our outreach. And so thank you for being a part of that. And then also kids ministry. It's just so fun to see you interacting with that and posting pictures with your kids and being a part of that. I, I, I excuse me, I love that you're you're not neglecting your kids in this time. I think it's easy for us to jump on and get our word, but I appreciate you Sunday mornings being a part of the kids ministry process that happens right before our service. So if you haven't followed along yet, Vertical Kids is the Facebook page and they put together a Pinterest page and all of the uh, activities and things throughout the week. It's been great. So thank you for being a part of that. And then also, as I mentioned, giving, uh, you can either send your checks to the church or you can give online, verticalstory.com. And uh, thank you for your generosity. Again, just reaching so many people. Uh, we love that. And then lastly, uh, every Monday through Friday, so every week, Monday through Friday, uh, we are posting a Radiant Prayer page. They are doing worship and prayer at 8 a.m. every single day, Monday through Friday. And we share that on our page, encourage you to worship along and pray with us as we're seeking God that way. So thank you for joining us today, being a part of what God is doing, and can't wait to connect with you soon. Much love. See you soon.